Hello and welcome to the Strata Savings Podcast. Today we're talking about pets. Now pets, as we all know, is a hotly debated topic in most apartment buildings. Some people love them, some people absolutely hate them, some people don't really care either way. Today we're going to break down the pros, cons and the ways to deal with it sensibly to save you money. This is not something you think about when you think about how to save money in your strata building. But I can tell you, if you mismanage the handling of pet applications, you will definitely cost yourself money in either legal fees or your strata management fees because you don't have a clean process. You also open up infighting in your building. Even if you approve it but it takes a while, when you open up infighting, you start to see other elements of your building start to battle and have issues. This costs you money and time. So as you know, all about strata savings is saving you money in your building, and today we're going to talk about how you can save money by handling pets in the smoothest way possible. Now as an apartment owner or a committee member, you're bound to have come across a pet application. And if you haven't, you know there's one coming or you know there's someone in the building that's got a pet or someone that's just buying that's coming in. You know this is an inevitable thing that you're going to have to tackle one day. Now often you get these applications with an email, maybe a photo and a couple of lines of information. They really just tell you sometimes they want pet approval to keep a dog in their apartment. Sometimes you get the understanding of what the dog is, age, size, temperament, and how they behave with the animal. Sometimes it's very little information. Worst case of all, you get it through a real estate agent, so the information's even more diluted. Nothing against the property manager or real estate agent. They've just been asked, can I get pet approval? So if you're sitting on the committee and you've got your pet pet application with very limited information, you need to push the pause button. Because how we're going to we're going to talk about our solution in a moment, but first you need to understand what way do you want to take your building when it comes to pet applications. Now, if you don't have a pet application, this is actually the perfect time to start talking about it with your committee. Understand the position before it becomes an application. The reason why I highly recommend this is it takes the emotion out of it. You're not dealing with your neighbour's application. You're not dealing with your friend's application or even one of your committee members. You're dealing with how we're going to deal with a problem when it arises. So I highly recommend, if you sit on a strata committee, include in the next agenda your position on pets in the building. And if you're a brand new building, absolutely get it on there because they're going to be coming. Every building has pets in it, and if they don't, I'm absolutely shocked. So first step, if you're a committee member, is get on your agenda and understand how you want to address applications for pets. And later on, I'll talk to you about my recommended solution for how you consider them and what information you want to get hold of. First, we're talking about the three positives of becoming a pet-friendly building. First, financial. Countless studies across Australia, New South Wales, Queensland and different cities have all come back with very similar results. And that is that by being a pet-friendly building, your property value is typically increased around 10% compared to a no pet building. Now 10% is a massive swing. Now if you think of what some of the decreases we've seen in apartment prices across Sydney during 2018-2019, if you're a no pet building and you can turn yourself into pet friendly, you're going to wipe out a lot of those losses and find yourself probably the right way up or pretty close to for a lot of situations. 
So we think that is a massive driver that everyone needs to consider, is that the property values do change when you become pet friendly. Number two reason for being a pet friendly building is it drives community, it brings people together. People will stop and talk to other people with dogs. It becomes something in common and something they're happy to talk about. You'll also find that it'll help resolve disputes in the building on other matters. When people have an interest or a common element, they are much more likely to work together. And working together in strata is absolutely essential to make anything happen. Third reason is it brings in more owner-occupiers. A lot of landlords are still very against having pets within their apartment. And I understand that, and there are, every landlord is allowed to make their own decision if they want to be pet friendly or not, regardless of what the strata apartment building's position is. So the three big positives that you get out of being a pet friendly building is it increases property values, drives a higher level of community and neighbourhood engagement, and it also brings more owner-occupiers into your building and what you'll find is they're typically the people that want to bring their pets in. Now for the negatives of being a pet friendly building. You only need to ask a few owners in the building and you'll find out what these are, but these are the three most common negatives that we get when we talk to people about becoming pet friendly. The number one thing is the noise that dogs create. They don't want to hear napping dogs all day, every day, all times of the hours, barking to each other and carrying on. Now that can obviously be an issue that you do need to manage if you go pet friendly. The thing to remember is though, it's usually a minority of the dogs that are yappy and if you're onto it quickly and you work with the owner resolving it, you'll find that you can minimise that. But it is still a negative and you still need to be aware of it if that's what you're going into, becoming pet friendly. Second is damage. Now this is a serious one you need to consider and have a whole strategy around it if you're going to combat it as your negative. Now the damage you're talking about is when animals defecate and urinate on common property, whether it be on plasterboards, carpet, in the gardens, whatever it is, you need to have a very clear strategy from the get-go about how you manage that and how you police it. Now every building's different. Some buildings have very little common property and very little gardens where dogs want to be. Others have great big beautiful gardens. How you manage that in your building is something you need to be smart about from the very get-go. But it is something that can be reduced and what you'll find is most dog owners and pet owners want to do the right thing. But you do need to be aware of the negatives and you do need to be ready for them. The third item is how some people are not that comfortable around other dogs. And some dogs misbehave around people. They get excited, they jump. So you do need to consider how people are going to behave with their animals and how they will interact with other people in the building. Now often what we've found over time is that people are more than happy to accommodate and change their behaviours once they realise that not all people are pet people. As we all know, some people can't see the forest for the trees and sometimes some people can't see that, that someone is scared or uncomfortable around their dog. They just think their dog's trying to be friendly, but it's having a very different impact. So the three big negatives you need to consider if you're becoming pet friendly are, is the noise impacting owners in the building and around the building, damage to your common property and also the uncomfortable element that may occur to some people in the building if they're confronted or have to engage with someone else's dog. Now then we have to think about the legalities of being pet friendly or being a no pet building. So we all understand you've got bylaws that can allow or not allow animals. 
There's also council regulations, but I've never heard of a council that doesn't permit people to have pet dogs or cats or birds or things like that. So where you end up is, is if you say no, you may end up with a legal battle on your hands. Now that could be NCAT if you're in New South Wales or the BCCM Commissioner's Office if you're in Queensland or whichever relevant body manages your bylaws in each state. What you need to keep in mind is that animals, particularly cats and dogs, and even more as it's progressing, are becoming dependent and supportive animals to a lot of people. Now, in New South Wales, there's a Companion Animals Act, which has worked very strongly in helping those people that use animals to better their day-to-day life. Now, not all these animals are specifically trained with skills for helping on certain matters. They simply just provide company and help calm people. So when someone says that they need their animal for comfort and to reduce anxiety, they may truly be absolutely correct, even though that animal has no training. So as where this puts you, if you're a building that says no to having animals, every owner has the right to go off to NCAT or the commissioner's office and get that decision reviewed. Now while you are elected to run your building, you can't, your decisions can be challenged as with any level of law. You're not exempt from that. What we are seeing, and we've seen over the last 10 years in Queensland and New South Wales, is that these offices are ruling in favour of the pet owners. And this is on the back of more and more evidence, medical uh, specifically, that are supporting owners in that pets are a good thing for people's health and reducing the load on other parts of the government sectors, such as the health, fitness, um, and all other elements like that. So if you say no to pets, be prepared that you are likely to get that sort of application and someone is going to take you to the Commissioner's Office or NCAT to have your decision overturned. Now this becomes very dangerous grounds because what you might find is that those offices, they don't put the conditions around it that you might have if you approved it. They will simply just say that it's permitted under the current bylaws, which may be very unrestrictive or they may issue you to change your bylaws within a period of time. I know this isn't what you want to hear, but you might find yourself in a situation where you become pet friendly, even though the majority of owners in the building are against it, or even, let's say, all bar one is against being pet friendly. So keep that in mind. If you are going to say no, you need to well document why you're saying no, so that you don't end up with your decision quickly overturned. Because people that have pets, as I said, they are part of their family and they will fight and give everything they can to keep their family together. So now that you understand the positives, negatives, and the legal situation that you stand in, it's time for us to give you our strata savings recommendation. Now you might not like our recommendation, but we suggest that this is the absolute best option available to committees, and you need to embrace it and use it the best way to find where you find yourself in a compromised point of happiness. Our recommendation is to become pet friendly and to support people that want to bring pets into the building. But the big condition we put on this is that you do it on your terms. Now like I said before, if you go off, you say no, it goes to the commissioner or NCAT and they deem in favour, they won't put the types of conditions around it that you will. But if you approve a pet under conditions, and they don't accept and go to the commissioner's office, you are in a very strong position to have your decision held up. No guarantees, but you're always in a much stronger position. 
So how would I do it? And what's our recommendation? Like we said, you say yes, but you predefine the conditions for pet ownership in the building well before you get an application. If you've got an application now, well, you're going to have to work quick. Well, we've got some great tools to help you get there with our template that you can either adopt as is or you can modify to add some of your own conditions. Some of the key conditions that we recommend people include is a size limit. Now, there used to be a five and then it went to 10 kilo pet limit. What I can tell you is these limits were ridiculous. There are very few dogs out there that are under five kilos and majority are over 10 kilos. I suggest you need to be up around that 15 kilo mark uh, maybe up to 20, but 20 start getting into a bigger dog element. So I recommend having a 15 kilo pet limit. You also need to have your pets carried when on common property and on leads at all time. Part of the issue with damaging common property is because pets are allowed to run unsupervised and not being contained, especially when they're on the floors where there's carpet and timber around where damage is quick and expensive to replace. So make sure your pets are carried when on common property and always on a lead. You also want to probably put in some rules that people need to not come in through your ground floor foyer if you've got a nice foyer. Make them come in through the basement into a lift and up. Now we also identified earlier that you had the negative issue of people that get confronted by animals. So it's good to remind owners about this. Have part of the conditions that if there's already people in the lift, they need to ask them before they bring their dog in. People who are not comfortable with dogs will tell you so step back, wait to the next lift. Uh, most people are comfortable with dogs and they're happy for you to carry your dog into the lift and hold it. We also recommend that you have them sign off on accepting all these conditions when they put their application in with a nice form. We've already got this put together and it makes it really easy for committees to look at and understand are they accepting all our conditions and have they signed this off. This will make it so much easier when you come back and you have an issue. So as you'll see in our template, there's more and more conditions that we recommend building in there. So I suggest that you have a look through it. We've tried to tackle almost everything that pops up, but have a look, because every building's a bit different and you might want to adjust it. So in short, our recommendation is to say yes, but on your conditions. Make the conditions specific to your building. You might limit the number of pets. You might also stipulate that the dog has to be walked X amount of times a day. The conditions you go to need to be sensible, but they also need to be fair. And I also think you need to be fair to the animal. So I think a walking condition is a great add-in, which a lot of buildings and people never think about. Now, if you're wondering how this is gonna save money for your strata, there are some very easy ways that this will save your fortune from spending what you didn't plan for. The first thing is, by having this great little form, it means that the processing time is almost zero from your strata manager, which means you're not going to receive endless bills for hourly rates for them back and forward emailing. It should be a very simple, where the owner can access the form, ideally from a website, um, or maybe they have to be emailed it, but I recommend a website will save even more time and costs, where the owner can fill it out. The owner's comfortable knowing they've filled out all the information, and it's submitted and it's on your next agenda. Maybe you do it via a paper flying minute, um, but it gets the process very quick. It doesn't take up time in your strata manager's day and therefore it doesn't incur a cost from that side. The second part is, by having a predefined set of conditions, pets will either get on board with it and comply straight away or they won't. If you say no, or the people don't agree with the conditions they want to take you to WinCat, you are in for a battle there, and that will incur costs. 
Now, I wouldn't expect having to deal with something like that would cost you under a thousand dollars. It's probably up to probably one fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars to deal with a battle like that. But if you've got a nice clean process that people can see is fair, reasonable and understood before they buy the property or before they go and buy the pet, you'll find a lot of people won't put in those applications. Now, you only need one of them every couple of years and you're really going to chuck your budget around and put a lot of your levies on wobbly sort of ground because these are not the sort of costs you budget for. But they do hurt and often means where buildings have to divert their energy towards tackling someone who wants to keep a pet and the committee have made up the rules on the way is it chews up a lot of your time, creates fighting in the building and it also creates those costs that you don't want to see from the strata manager side, lawyer side, application fees, all sorts of things. Distributing the notice to all owners turns your printage and postage costs up. Having an owner think they've been unfairly treated with their pet application will cost you thousands. And as we know, these are part of the family, they will fight it, they will defend for their family. So you will save thousands by putting this simple process in place over the next few years in your building. And the thing is, you might think everyone's getting along, that's great. But you never know when someone has a family member move in with them that's got a pet, someone sells. You need to prepare for the worst case scenario, not the current status. This is a very simple step you can take that'll save you money and make the flow and engagement in your building much easier. We predict that over a five year plan that any building from 10 lots up will save a couple thousand dollars with this simple process in place. Thanks for listening to the Strata Savings Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and listen in to future episodes.